Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. I'm your host, Phil. I'm also joined, as always, by Terry, who's also in Minnesota with me, and Bob, who's in Virginia. We are three distinct voices, bringing varied perspectives on the church and the world into this conversation. We want you to join in the conversation as well. You can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics and leave a message there. We also have a link in the description. We used to gather around a table at Caribou Coffee. It's a coffee house here in Minnesota and in the Midwest. Now we gather virtually in hopes that these conversations continue to be a light not only for us, but for you as well. Now let us welcome Terry and Bob into the conversation. Well, Bob, I'm going to bow to your uh, your wonderful um, ability to kind of guide the conversation, and uh, I'll let you lead off. Well, um, it's certainly been an incredible week since we last got together, and uh, wonderful introduction, by the way. Yes, Bill. thank you. That's a great introduction. Thanks for that. And, you know, over the last week, I mean, our faith has certainly been challenged by a lot of things going on in this uh, in this country with, uh, with the George Floyd uh, murder or, or suspected murder. We're not convicting the officer yet, but he is, he deserves a fair trial, but that, that situation. And then all the protests along with the, with the other civil disturbance, I mean, it's just been incredible to watch and, and to look at all the pain that's been going on. So it's, it's really been a very, very challenging and trying week over the last seven, eight days. I would you, completely agree with you, Bob. This has been a challenging time. Uh, it has weighed on my spirit very heavily. Uh, the unfortunate events that unfolded, uh, first of all, with the death of Mr. Floyd, and then the subsequent um, protesting, which I'm all for people exercising their First Amendment rights. But when the protests step beyond um, that of protesting and and went into the stage of violence it just it really um it really made me sad i'll just say that well it's just been a real cornucopia of different emotions right i mean the first the first is the outrage of watching what happens to mr floyd by the police and say why are the police doing that don't understand that, you know, and and then the result of that, you know, the nine minutes on the neck, it's just, it's just unimaginable to think that that would be the response to some simple situation. It probably wasn't as simple as, as we think it is on the video or thought it was in the video. And then how that has escalated you know, into a lot of, um, a lot, you know, first the hurting and the anguish, and then 
the protest and 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 then the protests turning violent you know so you go from the the shock and the sadness to uh, uh, some anger that wow um you know people are burning police prisons they're looting buildings you know the anger at all this stuff you know to it's just been wild it's just been a roller coaster and and i've been watching it every night uh, on television when during the day and i'm not gonna not gonna give up what my job is but it it has something to do with government operations so uh i'm I, i've been very involved with uh with the discussions on this and the federal government and 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 so on. So it's, it's just been incredible. I mean, I, I can't recall seeing anything like this that's been across the country uh, in my lifetime. Phil. Yeah, I would totally agree. Watching the video, you know, on, so that was, I, I think it was probably Tuesday when we first heard about it. I don't remember hearing about it on Memorial day itself. Um, but definitely by Tuesday morning, it was everywhere. And yeah, the pain of watching what was happening to George Floyd and then couple with that, um, you, you could you could already, I think, feel kind of that tension in the air. Um, even as far away from Minneapolis as I am, it, it was still palatable, I would say. And although the unrest really didn't, it wasn't as strong on Tuesday. It ramped up very quickly. And to, to see the, the damage that was caused and all of the destruction that I think kind of took away from the voice that the protesters were trying to bring, that, you know, racism is still around today. Um, it, it highlighted something that is a reality of what is happening, not just in our country, but in countries around the world. And, and watching that, you know, having discussions uh, in the house and with other people about all of this unrest and, you know, the fear, there was a lot of fear. I heard fear um, in, in many ways from many different voices. Um, just of what was happening, what was going to happen, especially leading up to last weekend, you know, with the kind of continually, it seemed like each night things were escalating and escalating, not just here locally in Minnesota, but around the country. Um, and it very quickly spread. You know, I, I remember other demonstrations for other um, tragic killings of people, but not at this, not at this rate. Uh, I, I do not remember it ramping up this quickly um, it, in years past. Uh, it, it just seemed to have another, the seemed to strike a, a chord that brought unity fa faster than I think I've ever seen as far as, you know, the actions that were done against George Floyd were absolutely wrong. Um, and of course, we'll wait for the trial but the video is is seems quite incriminating in and of itself. Um, so some of the so some of the differences here. I mean, I Phil Phil's younger. He doesn't remember 
the probably the Rodney King uh, conviction and the riots. He was probably still in school at that time. And yes. Terry's old enough to remember that as well. I mean, that was yes. a huge thing out in Los Angeles, but that did not proliferate into this massive across the country type thing against uh, police violence. I mean, it certainly was discussed for a period of time. Uh, we'd have to go all the way back to like the Watts riots, which my dad, by the way, was living in the Los Angeles area during that time. And, and him and I did have a chance to speak a little bit about what that happened back in the late sixties when they had those riots in Watts and similar types of stuff. I mean, it, it just seems like every 20 years we're rehashing this and it's not really all about George Floyd. It's about a series of things. It's about the black man that was basically kind of stalked and hunted down in recently in Georgia. It's about other deaths that of black folks at the hands of the Minneapolis police department and other police departments. I mean, it's just, uh, it's really, you know, it's just kind of worked to a certain point in this, this, the situation with uh, Mr. Floyd dying, I think just kind of, you know, you know, that bomb exploded and, and people kind of came to the streets and they were kind of sick of this. The, the, the big difference here is if you look at the, the group that's out there, I mean, it's a, it, it's, there is as many white folks as there is black folks out there. I mean, it's, it is a, it is a, you know, it is, it is a representation of the people of this country. It's, it's not just one ethnic group that's out there saying this is wrong. It's, it's across the board. So there's, so there's some hope that there could be some unity that could come out of this. I, I, Bob, I absolutely agree. Terry? And um, I, I, in my heart of hearts, I hope that we get some unity, some unification. Um, and there is some justice for everyone who feels that they have been uh, treated incorrectly, wrongly, or, or even abused by the system. You know, as a um, white man in central Minnesota, uh, I don't have to worry about being pulled over by the cops because of the color of my skin. Uh, but I have heard reports from those um who are African-American who have experienced that from law enforcement. And to me, it's sad, you know, um, one, one point that I'd, I'd, I'd like to um, use here is um, uh, the church that I work for, the uh, pastor of that church writes a, uh, an article for the bulletin every other week. And, uh, he points out a, a very good point that I'd, I'd like to uh, interject here. And that is um, our four cardinal virtues as Catholics are justice, temperance, fortitude, and prudence. Now justice without temperance and temperance is restraint, self-control, responsibility on our part. 
Justice without temperance, he says in his article, can become injustice itself. The first example of, of justice without restraint has to do with what appears to be the abuse of power and force by certain members of the police force and the arrest of Mr. Floyd. The second, and I'm paraphrasing here, uh, the second example of justice without restraint is the rioters who came out to protest by simply destroying private property, ruining people's business, businesses, and setting buildings on fire. Now, justice tempered by restraint, um, a classic example of that is what you talked about, Bob, the peace, peaceful protesters, the people that unified, that came out from all races to show their support for Mr. Floyd and show their support for uh, making some change in, in our justice system and in our world. Um, and in this article, he points out, or the pastor points out that they did so with compassion and yet demanding that some form of justice be served. I just think that, um, and the, I think that in this, our Catholic faith calls us and it's highlighted in the Gospel of Matthew to treat each other as Christ would treat his children. Two of the greatest commandments. One is, is um, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase here because I'm uh, not remembering it quite off the top of my head. Um, one is love one another as God has loved you. And gentlemen, feel free to chime in here and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And the other is love your neighbor as yourself. If we, as the people of God, as children created by God, love one another and treat each other with respect as children of God, what a great world we could have. That's a great... Yeah, it's a great oh, lead into our yeah, kind well of second Go ahead, uh, discussion point here is, you know, how have we seen the church respond to these recent events? And I think that uh, pastoral letter from the pastor where you work is a great example of how we can take the recent events and not just focus on, you know, all of some of the negative things, but instead really open our heart up to see everyone created in God's image and likeness. Every human being is created that way, regardless of where they are in the world or even what their faith may be. God is still, they are still created in God's image and likeness. Or, no, and, or claiming no faith at all. You know? Right, exactly. Yes. So w one thing that I've heard quite a bit from many voices in the church is that before we say something, and this is something I've been preaching about for quite a while. Before we say anything, we need to stop and listen. We need to listen to what the other person is saying and not by interjecting or coming up with our own thoughts or our own rebuttal, but instead just take time to listen. Listen to people that have experienced, you know, the wrongs, the sin of, of racism. Um, in Numbers chapter 12, when Aaron and Miriam are rebuking Moses for the wife he chose because she was um, a Cushite. That's someone from Egypt. Uh, the 
presence of God leaves the tent because of their sin of racism. And in fact, Miriam is inflicted with leprosy so severe that her skin was like snow. So we, we see from a long, long time ago, racism existed. This isn't a new thing. But now it's how do we respond? And I think listening, stopping and listening, and instead of trying to come up with how we're going to respond or how we're going to defend, instead, just listen. Listen to the pains of people that have experienced this. Listen to you know, what their experience has been and then pray and respond. Phil, I would agree on that. And I think just to add to that, uh, one of the things that one of the phrases that we've all encountered um, together over the past four or five years is listen with the ear of your heart. What is your heart telling you? And I think that's, that's so important. And I, and I, I think that in responding to anything, our words matter at no other time in history have the words that anybody says matter more now than they ever have before. And so the three of us in this forum, um, you know, it's something we need to keep in mind. It's something everybody needs to keep in mind in a discussion, not only listen, listening, like Phil said, but also choosing your words and choosing your words carefully and not choosing your words in anger. There has been, and, and that's part of kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier. That's kind of part of the sadness that I've been experiencing because there is so many angry people yelling, shouting, screaming. Who has bothered to sit down and have a conversation, a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody? There was a uh, one of the archbishops from Washington, D.C., who came on and lambasted the president for his what he called a photo op now i'm not citing i'm not saying what the president did was right or wrong i'm not saying that but as a pastoral leader in my opinion i think he could have chosen his words more with a loving response and more with a pastoral response than uh than what he did and i think i think I've experienced so many angry words. I mean, not only from uh, the protesters, but the governor of our state, the mayor of Minneapolis. I invite everyone, mm -hmm. anyone who, who is listening to this right now, choose your words carefully and let's have a conversation, not a shouting match. Because again, our words matter. To one another. Bob, what do you think? <laughs> I, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're right on right on the uh, right on the mark. I mean, I'm much more of a call to action person. I think you're exactly right, but you know how where I come from. I mean, there has to be some action here. We have to get something done. We gotta move out, change, we gotta do some other things. And and that's where is the church in that involvement. They do have to say the right things. Um, I know we have to walk a very apolitical type of, you know, uh, tightrope here. 
and, and we should, because we're, we're very honest on this podcast. We try to look at both sides of everything. We look at it through our Catholic lens, through our faith lens, but, but politics do come into this, unfortunately, because this whole situation has been hyper polarized by the political situation. And, and I think in defense of what was, if it was the archbishop from Washington, um, I, I would agree that those words could have been chosen a little bit better. However, I think a, a problem with the faith leaders is they view some of the president's actions either as heavy handed in the, in the choice of words of, you know, basically, you know, uh, clan, you know, whatever his destructive words, they felt his destructive words were in his news conference of how they should basically, you know, kind of crush the protests or, or in the, what they feel was the photo opportunity at the church was, you know, something that was very tone deaf to what was going on in the greater DC area with the protests at the time. I think that was their view and they were completely frustrated. So we have a lot of people who are really frustrated and they're frustrated to a point that we haven't seen in a long time. Um, but as Terry said, I mean, cooler heads need to prevail. Everybody needs to calm down and, and we need to have a very constructive discussion about what we can do to fix this. I, I think when I see city councils uh, like back in Minnesota, some other places rush to, to pass new laws quickly, you know, to, to inhibit the police. I'm not saying that those laws are incorrect, but, uh, or put those restrictions on, I'm not saying they're incorrect, but, but, but they're reactionary. They're trying to react, react to a group of people that are out there, you know, that want a reaction now. I mean, if you listen to the people in the streets, they want uh, the, the officers, we want them arrested now. We want them tried and convicted tomorrow, you know, that kind of thing. And I think we all need to take a step back and, 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 and we have to have a long talk about the problem because the problem and the church can be very, very constructive in helping uh, with this conversation because it can be a safe space, you know, for people to come together in faith and have this conversation that this is something that's been going on since the 1600s here we have devalued African-Americans since the time we brought them over here as slaves. And, and, and through that time, we've continued to kind of have that devaluation. It's gotten better, but we still haven't got to a point where there's equality. So at least that's the way I'm looking at it. And the church can, can help be a vehicle to have that conversation that Terry's talking about in a very civil way to help talk about how we can, you know, move the ball forward. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. What do you we think, can't Jill? sit idly by this is just like what Terry said as well. We need, we need to, you know, bring people around a table virtually or in person, social distancing, of course, and 
and actually listen to them. Um, we, we can't just let these tragedies, um, you know, be like a flash in the pan and, you know, it goes out of people's minds right away. We need, we do need to act. Um, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, the USCCB, released a document in 2018, I believe, on Open Wide Our Hearts. And the whole uh, purpose of this document was to open many people's eyes to the reality of racism in our country, in our church, what the church has done, and how we can continue to move forward by seeing people by you know, created in the image and likeness of God, every person. So there isn't one person that is created more in God's image and likeness. Everyone is equally created in his image and likeness. And although many will say that that document did not go far enough, um, it's a, it at least was a response to problems that the church was seeing in our country. And, you know, these protests are happening even around the world. So, you know, how can we respond so that those prejudices that we have can be lessened and even removed? And I definitely think we need to, we need to, as members of the body so, of Christ, remember that we can continually build up that body by enriching others and actually listening to what their views are. It's not really just trust with the police. It's trust between whites and blacks. I mean, we all, we all, you know, we come, or I come from a rural area. I mean, Terry's from a, a more metropolitan area, but not a, a large metropolitan area. And uh, Phil's in a fairly smaller rural area now. He's in a rural area. And, and there are still people up there I've talked to that just, they don't get it. Now they're from the north, and they still don't get it. You know, they're not Southerners. They still, there's not, there's still a trust issue or a view, a, a different view of African Americans, and I don't understand why that is. Now, Phil, you and I have significant experience with uh, an organization that we were in. You were in, I, I, in, where. Agreed. Which is the most diverse organization in the United States, where we have pe people from all di different races, and, and, mm -hmm. and we have our issues, right? There are race, there are race issues, but the race issues are really not that large, and 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 we're, you know, we've had tremendous experience with interacting with people from all different areas of the country and, and different ethnicities and, and, and so on, different backgrounds. That works. We're friends with those people. And I'm still friends with many people who are totally different than me that are, uh, you know, he's a black police officer from Atlanta. He's, he's a Hispanic gentleman from California. I mean, we just, the thing that brought us in common was being involved in that group and doing those things. The church can be that same type of vehicle to help with this conversation. But, but I think that this church leaders need to step forward and say, 
we're going to do this. You know, sometimes I, I think the church is trying to do it, but it, it seems like it takes more of a passive role in it and not as active a role as it should. Well, I At do least that's think my that, view. The, that the church is taking some steps. Um, however, the pace of it probably could be quickened um, and the stance could maybe be a little bit more firm. But I know, for example, I was part of um, the Fifth and Quentro group back in 2015 that had uh, very open discussions about reaching out to those um, who are on the margins and those um, who feel alienated by the church and try to uh, be a welcoming force and welcoming these folks back in. And there were some great discussions had around that, but it's kind of, that's where it's at. It doesn't seem like it really has moved, at least here in central Minnesota, where I'm at. Uh, maybe in other parts of the country it has. Uh, but it doesn't seem like it has moved in any forward pace. And um, if the Catholic Church is going to be a voice in this discussion, um, it, I think it really, number one, needs to take a firm stance and say, you know, we do need to treat every person, man, woman, child, as a creation of God, number one. And number two, um, we are not going to stand for this anymore. Couldn't so. agree. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and many bishops in Minnesota and around the country have have spoken up and said those exact things. Um, and it doesn't always mean that people are listening necessarily to them, uh, but they are um, speaking those words of unity that were all created in God's image and likeness. And this, you know, this racism that is learned because as as children, you know, we growing up where I grew up, there were people of most every race, both in my school, but even in some of my neighborhoods where, I, you know, and, and so we, we didn't necessarily see people different until later. It wasn't, you know, it, it, it was different. It took a while before that kind of set in. So, you know, it's unlearning some of that behavior we learned as children um, and as adults um, is a couple of things I've seen a number of our bishops speak about. Um, and obviously, we, we need to be prayerful people. Prayer is powerful, and it really can change the direction that things are going. Uh, just even uh, last weekend, the uh, Archbishop uh, from Minnesota called for an hour of prayer, and people uh, around the state and around the country joined in on that prayer, and we saw a, a radical shift in the direction that things were going. And there, there was a palpable difference, even when there was, you know, what appeared to be a tragic attempt on people's lives by a tractor trailer driving into the crowds. It's now been found out that, you know, it was an innocent, um, um, he panicked and he didn't know, you know, what to do. Um, uh, so, you know, it, w we watch it on the news, we see this tractor trailer driving in and we, we think the worst, but instead when we stop and we understand what was going on with that person, why they were there and all that, then we see that there wasn't malicious intent. Um, and so it, it's, again, stopping and listening and not just jumping to conclusions. Um, 
and, and I've heard that from many bishops, from many pastors, um, just on that same same thread. And I, I think that kind of leads us into, you know, how are we sharing this voice of unity that we're trying to see grow within our Catholic Church and across the world? How are we bringing that and helping to bolster that within our own homes? What are some what are some ways that we're making sure that we are, uh, you know, a voice of reason uh, in ensuring those that maybe we are raising or helped raise uh, that they see each and every individual created in God's image and likeness and that there is no, uh, there is not one that is created greater than the other. Um, so, you know, bringing that, that voice into our homes and making sure we're having those conversations as difficult as they may be so that when they encounter voices that are in opposition of that, like Bob said, there are people that still don't yet see things that way. Well, if we form well our children and change our own hearts to see each and every person in that light, then I think there will be a, a fundamental shift. And my prayer is that we will have real lasting change from these tragic events. Bob? Bob? Well, this is a, I mean, this is a long-term problem and it's going to be a long-term solution. So, and, and I, I agree. I mean, I think that there have been many faith leaders that have been speaking out and, and I hope in the coming days, there'll be more breaking of bread between Catholic leaders and other leaders of other faiths getting together to discuss as a larger community, you know, Judeo-Christian community to help speak almost as, as speak as one voice. Cause it's not a Catholic problem. It's not a Jewish problem. It's not a Baptist problem. I mean, it's, it's a human problem that we need to solve right now Father and we need to start moving Lord. in the right direction on that so it's up to each and every one of us um to not only let our voices be heard through our first amendment right but it is also up to each and every one of us as phil said to stop and pray to let our voices be heard with god and to lift it up to God and say, God, you are in control. You are in charge of all of this. Please bring healing to our nation. And, and whatever your prayer may be, whatever that prayer may look like, lift it, please, we have to lift it up to God. And I think a kind of continuation is that, you know, our voices, our three voices are not infallible, Right. You know, sit and listen um, both to what we say, but what to many other people are saying. And maybe we don't necessarily all agree on everything, but just see what is leading us closer to Christ. You know, our hope from this conversation, this conversation is that it will bear fruit in your walk with Jesus Christ and within the body of Christ. And there will be real substantive transformation. Amen. I, I'll, amen and hallelujah, brother.
<laughs> yeah, amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, over the last week, I mean, watching what was unfolding, you know, first in Minneapolis and then, okay, Washington, D.C. or New York City or Chicago, Los Angeles. But then it's, you know, it's like Santa Fe, New Mexico or, uh, I mean, Atlanta. And then you start seeing some medium-sized towns having it too. I was just like, wow, this is really serious stuff. And you wonder, you know, with all the additional overarching hyper-polarization, you know, the, the both sides moving to the poles and blaming each other and blaming all that that at some point our, is our democracy, our, you know, where we live and what we're doing is, is it just tearing apart the seams and, and COVID absolutely has, you know, something to do with all that as well. So uh, this is just really an unprecedented time that we're living in right now where people need to calm down. And, and for all the podcast listeners, <laughs> those guys the other two guys on here will tell you i'm like the calmest guy on the face of the earth but we need to calm down and we need to take a step back and we need and we need to pray about what's going on agreed it, it's it's not going to hurt you very much it's agree only going to help you um i think that will probably round out our podcast for today uh we really appreciate everyone that's listening sharing uh, the many reviews we already have, please, if you listen on iTunes, please leave a review. If you'd like to leave us a message, your voice counts, and we want to hear your your thoughts, your comments as well, both on this topic and for future topic suggestions as well. We'll have a link in the description. It's at anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics. Uh, we really appreciate your time, and we hope that in some way, our conversation will help foster a conversation within you, your homes and in your own heart to really draw ever closer to that true unity that Christ longs for. Can I just, uh, before Bob closes with prayer, there's some scripture that I'd like to um, just end with today that I think is very apropos. It is the uh, last two paragraphs of Psalm 122. Um and it starts off, for the peace of Jerusalem, pray. Peace be to your homes. May peace reign in your walls, in your palaces, peace. For love of my brethren and friends, I say, peace upon you. For love of the house of the Lord, I will ask for your good. Bob, you want to close this in prayer? So let us all pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you once again for this opportunity, this opportunity to gather in your name. We know that this country is hurting. The people are hurting. There's pain everywhere. There's fear. There's anguish. We know that all exists. God, we ask that you come to your people and help them make some understanding of what's going on right now to encourage them to pray 
to provide them hope and solace and to assist them to get through these troubled times we live in right now. We ask this through your son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you Amen. in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Well, gentlemen, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And with your spirit. It's been an the honor Lord to be share with, the microphone the Lord be with, with everyone today again. And thanks everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks everybody for listening. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Yep. Catch us next and week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strange Catholics. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and that it helps you continue to dive into a deeper reflection and union with our Lord Jesus Christ and His Church. If you would like to leave some feedback, please go to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics. You can leave us a message there. We will play and respond to your question or comment as we are able in the next episode. We ask that you share this podcast and this episode especially with at least one person. This will help get the word out and help more people to join in the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. This really helps podcasts get traction and help even more people discover the peace, love, and mercy that our Lord offers each and every one of us. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious day, and may God bless you.